electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Hey, it's Katie Kramer, your Squawk Pod host. Before we start today's episode, I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. Whether you've been loyal since our launch in 2019 or you're a little newer, we appreciate every one of you. And we love presenting you with the best of CNBC's coverage every day. Our work would not be possible without your support. So please help us help you. Take a second right now. Click that follow button wherever you're listening and give us a rating while you're at it. Couple of stars. Remember, you can also share any of our episodes at any time on Twitter, LinkedIn, your personal newsletter, a text, whatever. Help us spread the CNBC word. That's it. Thanks, everybody. Now, let's get to the podcast. Today on a Squawk Pod bonus episode, Oscar Munoz got his dream job in the corner office of United Airlines when the unimaginable happened. Replacing a heart, as you can imagine, is a daunting sort of emotional stage to go through. A cardiac emergency, learning how to walk again, and then learning how to fly. It is a tough business. It's not a high-margin business. Everything in the world affects you. We have the turnaround tale of Oscar Munoz, the airline he ran, and the travel industry itself after the COVID-19 pandemic. It's kind of flipped around from a profitability perspective. The bigs, you know, certainly United and Delta and possibly American, are just doing a lot better. This bonus Squawk Pod begins right now. Fly the friendly skies. It's an evocative phrase, right? United Airlines' famous tagline is right out of the Mad Men era of 1960s advertising. But the company struggled being actually united. A merger with Continental, union issues, even viral stories of customer service disasters in the air, they all threatened the reputation and the culture of the airline. Trust was in short supply. That was when Oscar Munoz began his job as United CEO. That's a role that he held from 2015 to 2021 after a once-in-a-lifetime global pandemic posed an existential threat to the entire travel industry. This story of restoring trust, revitalizing a business, and overcoming a personal crisis is all in Munoz's new book, Turnaround Time. This interview was recorded earlier this month on set at the NASDAQ market site in New York's Times Square. Oscar Munoz sat down with CNBC Squawk Box anchors Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Andrew kicked things off. Our next guest is a perfect one to talk about the looming summer travel season for airlines. Oscar Munoz is here. He is the former executive chairman and CEO of United Airlines. He led it through a massive transformation from 2015 to 2020. And the beginning of the pandemic, he now serves on the boards of Salesforce, CBRE, Univision, and Archer Aviation. He's got a new book out this morning. It is titled Turnaround Time, Uniting an Airline and Its Employees in the Friendly Skies. And we congratulate you and welcome you to the table. Good morning. Uh, I want to talk about travel and what you're seeing, but I, I do want to start with the book, if we could, because I didn't realize 37 days into your, into your job, you had a heart attack. And I thought, I, I, you know, 
even just thinking through what that meant, not just to you personally, but sort of how you even approached the rest of the job and the rest of your life. And I was hoping you'd sort of speak to it. Heart transplant, right? Inevitably ended yeah. up in a heart transplant. Yeah, yeah so I, blew I remember that, that well. I blew yeah. that old heart up pretty well. And uh, well documented, uh, and you all spoke about it here. Right. Mm -hmm. We had a proxy battle at the same time. Yep. And then, of course, we were still working the contract negotiations. Uh, so it was quite the scene, and you know, and I speak about it uh, publicly at different things. People say you should write a book, which is why the genesis of the book. In addition to kind of a shout out, it's probably the longest love letter to United Employees ever, and right. uh, I'm proud to do that. But yeah, no, the the heart situation was, uh, of course, not expected. I don't recommend it, but you know, I the PSA on that is. Heart disease is the biggest killer in America, and people don't always recognize the symptoms. I luckily had a friend who I, I ran and biked with who was a cardiologist who would always say, right. hey, you know. But how do you think it changed, your, changed how you operated the company, how you managed things, how you managed your life? You know, replacing a heart, as you can imagine, is a daunting sort of emotional stage to go through. Mm -hmm. It didn't change me at all. It's just an organ. I know that, and I can physically tell you that it had no difference. I am who I am, and I have a lot but of But did you slow down at all? Did you <laughs> try to sleep more? Did you do anything at no. all? Did you eat differently? Did you, nothing? I did eat differently. I, mean, I, I ask, because there's a lot of people sure. who are managing businesses, and they're all trying to balance things, and they're worried about their health at the right. same time they're trying to worry about their job. So the, the you know, preventative medicine is something we should discuss more broadly, but heart disease uh, is one of those things that's internal plumbing and genetics, so I didn't know. I was an avid runner and biker. I was a vegan. Uh, and so I did eat differently because the doctors afterwards said, you know, that vegan stuff, like <laughs> I became a what's called a flexitarian, meaning I can eat whatever I want because I needed to get my energy right. and weight back. Uh, and so, you know, from personal, uh, personal advice to folks is, you know, just if you have history of it in your family, you absolutely need to almost demand that your doctors do more than just the EKG, that the stress test on the treadmill is probably a good indicator to some degree. But you just got to do that. But more importantly, if you ever feel anything weird or strange, call 911. And, and as my friend told me dramatically, and immediately when you call them, tell them, tell them, you're, tell them where you are, because he added, you may not make it past the phone call. And that's where people die. People feel the symptoms, they lay down, they take a shower, and then, of course, they don't get right. up from that. Uh, you talk about the book as a love letter to United. When you look at the space today, how do, you, how do you think these airlines stack up? Well, an interesting uh, juxtaposition with regards to the, you know, the low-cost carriers that kind of had a little uh, trajectory and growth, it's kind of flipped around from a profitability perspective. The bigs, you know, certainly United uh, and Delta and possibly American, uh, are just doing a lot better. The, the capacity constraints that the smaller ones are and the costs associated with inflation, I think are affecting. So it's a weird sort of balance, a, a mix, right. which I'm happy to see just because our, our folks put a lot of hard work into it. And then the ability to expand, uh, you know, United has started so many incredible flights to so many great locations. That is strategic decisions we made to invest in our business, maintain our wide bodies, and keep our contracts uh, as, 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 uh, as uh, positive as possible during COVID. Right. And so we were able to come out of the situation in a way that's positive. And uh, I think the team is doing a great job. And uh, it's, it's wonderful to see. People have a sort of love-hate relationship with airlines, as you know. Yes. Uh, the GAO has a report out recently, uh, effectively blaming the airlines for the amount of cancellations that we're seeing and the like. How do you think that gets resolved? Does it get fixed? And, it, and, and is all of that a function of the fact that the airlines actually have too much power? 
I don't. That there's, there's not enough competition, that that's why we're having this situation. Yeah, having run one, I can tell you the concept of power I don't, is, I don't, I don't know what that means, because it is a tough business. It's not a high margin business. Uh, everything in the world affects you. With regards to you know, cancellations and the concerns, they're, they're broader issues that we've raised for a long period of time. Air traffic control systems and modernization, like the rest of the world, is something that is right. critical to the infrastructure of this nation. But you think that's the problem, even though the GAO is saying it's the airline's fault? Um, I'm not going to get into the debate of the GAO and their analysis and research. I can tell you from a factual perspective, the things that slow us down, the things that decrease the flow of traffic, right. has nothing to do with anything other than the fact that we have an air traffic control system that is So this could be a government problem, not a private sector problem. I I've never heard of one of that, uh, really, the government affecting uh, And it. I didn't say that, Joe, so no, I just want to make didn't. sure. But that's a whole new concept. Oscar, some of some the airlines do better than others, though. We've watched what's happened with Southwest sure. recently. Sure. Uh, and again, back to this concept of investing in your business and seeing around the corner as to what's happened. I mean, the migration to cloud from a software perspective has been, it's pretty omnipresent in most industries. The fact that, you know, Southwest didn't do that for a long time. Now they'll have to catch up and spend the money that I, we've all spent. I've got a labor question for you. Sure. Because I know this is a love letter to your, to your labor. Um, United's a unionized yes, it is. airline. Delta is not. Delta their gets, pilots are. Their pilots are, but, but the rest of it isn't. Delta gets the highest ratings for on-time performance and for customer satisfaction. I wonder whether you think that is related to unions. And the reason I say that is because when it comes to on-time performance, if a, a, a union uh, worker, mechanic, is having lunch from 12 to 1 and they need to replace the seatbelt, the plane is getting pushed to 2. At, United, at, at Delta, at least the, 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 the conversation goes that, you know what, they're going to stop having lunch, they'll fix the seatbelt, but go back and have lunch afterwards. Yeah, I, I will definitely not attribute it to the union versus non-union issue. There's certainly a cost differential and a work rules concept that affect us, but just think about it. How well United has done over the years to catch up in all of those metrics, right? The concept of turnaround time is a, is a good one for, for us, uh, despite those union restrictions and rules. That is true, I think, the, the pride and professionalism right. of our folks. But there's, the, there is, there's, of course, differences in what people, uh, the Delta employees can do versus uh, United and American and others. Uh, but I wouldn't attribute the performance in that regard necessarily. Would you be a long-term investor in airlines? You know, there was a period of time where, where Warren Buffett said, I don't want to invest in airlines. Then he said, I actually think I should invest in airlines. They're, they're like the railroad. They have so much power. Then the pandemic happened. He said, I don't want to invest in airlines. So listen, Warren Buffett's investment in the industry came on my watch as it did when I was in the railroad sector. So I, I've had a nice history with that, and they were doing amazing until COVID hit. If you remember that, you know, January of 2020, the industry was doing as best as it's ever done. And we, were, we had delivered our results a year ahead of time that uh, there, was, there was much in question when we first announced it. And so uh, I think the investment there would have been a good one. The, the issue with investment is the volatility of fuel, which right. is why forgetting the politics of green, it's, it's, a, it's just a, a, a beautiful economic solution if you can find sustainable aviation fuel and fix the volatility of price, which is what drives the equity. Yeah, that, that was a good um, deployment of government resources to save the airlines, obviously, during COVID. Yeah, I was a big part of that. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in D.C. over the course An of the day. And, the, you know, the, the, the administration and all the people understanding that this wasn't a bailout or a handout. Right. Uh, it was indeed in order to keep an economic part of the, you know, part of the economic engine viable and working. Oscar Munoz, the book is called Turnaround Time. Thank you for coming in this morning. Thank you, thanks for having us here. Appreciate it. 
Take your family's best trip yet to Denver, where every stroll sparks a smile and where every moment becomes a memory. Where hikes at Red Rocks lead to sweet treats at Little Man Ice Cream. Where you can chase thrills at Elitch Gardens and enter new dimensions at Meow Wolf. It's where dinner always comes with a side of sunshine. Denver, always welcome. Plan your getaway at visitdenver.com slash summer. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Thank you for listening to this special Squawk Pod bonus episode. We couldn't let the long weekend get away without sharing one of our many great Squawk Box interviews with our listeners. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Squawk Pod is produced by me, Katie Kramer, Cameron Costa, and Caroline Rahotis. John Lazration is our editor. Special thanks to the hardworking Squawk team of bookers and producers, and thanks to Oscar Munoz. That's it. Enjoy the holiday weekend and have a great day. Take your family's best trip yet to Denver, where every stroll sparks a smile and where every moment becomes a memory. Denver, always welcome. Plan your getaway at visitdenver.com slash summer.